Hello, good afternoon and welcome to Ask the Docs, a Fertility Institute of Hawaii live stream. August is National Immunization Awareness and our topic today is vaccines, fertility, and your family. Thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of great information to share. My name is Dr. Emily Goulet. I am here today with Dr. Anat Carmon and Dr. John Federelli. Nice to see you. <laughs> All right. So let's start out with what are vaccines? Dr. Frederelli, do you want to get started with what vaccines are? Yes, vac vaccines are a way for us to help protect ourselves from bacteria and viruses. Um, typically injections that we will receive that are um, either a weakened form of the virus or potentially a um, uh, mRNA recently, recently, uh, they've used mRNA for, for this to help, uh, build up the body, uh, Im uh immunity, um, to protect against infection and, uh, and, and, uh, um, any contact you might have with the virus or bacteria in the future, the risk of, of having a, um, serious infection is, is, is much lessened. And so, you know, vaccines are obviously important for everyone because, um, nobody should be sick. Um, and especially for pregnant women, uh, women with newborns, um, obviously we don't want pregnant women to be sick either. Um, but pregnant pregnancy is kind of a special time and pregnant women are, they're kind of a special population in the sense that whatever they do, um, can also impact their unborn baby as well as you know if they have kind of a, a new new baby at home um and so some of the vaccines that we give to uh, moms or moms to be we do so because we're concerned about the well-being of the fetus or a brand new neonate um, so there are there are some vaccines that we specifically recommend uh, in pregnancy um, and in, you know, the, the early postpartum period, as opposed to sort of the general population. I think it's um, fascinating how the human body's immune system during pregnancy uh, is lowered. It's, it's less responsive, and that's part of uh, why women don't reject their babies. We don't understand all of what's going on and how that works, but we do know that pregnancy is considered an immunosuppressed state. And so for that reason, uh, during pregnancy, women are both more susceptible to catching a virus or a bacteria, as well as more susceptible to developing more severe disease because their immune systems are not as strong at mounting a response against an infection. Um, and so for those reasons, we, we really encourage our patients to do everything that they can to protect themselves and to protect their babies. One of the really cool things about getting an immunization during pregnancy is that you get to share those antibodies that your body makes with the baby. The cross the placenta and the baby is born with a built-in sort of reserve of antibodies, even though their immune system hasn't made those antibodies, they have a reserve of those antibodies to fight any infection should they come across an exposure to any of those viruses or bacteria. 
Um, and then, you know, there are certain viruses that um, specifically can lead to miscarriage and severe birth defects in babies. Um, some of those include rubella and uh, varicella um, or, or chicken pox. And so if, for example, a patient um, is not immune to rubella, we always like to check that. Uh, at the beginning of pregnancy, we do recommend uh, getting a vaccine prior to any future pregnancy, or if, if you're considering pregnancy, then we want to check to see if you're immune to rubella or not and uh, potentially give you the vaccine. Uh, and then similarly, varicella, if patients don't have a history of chickenpox, we recommend that they get the varicella vaccine prior to pregnancy because that, that's also another virus which can potentially lead to birth defects and, and miscarriage in, in embryos or, or babies. Um, there are certain vaccines that are not recommended in pregnancy. Uh, those are typically the vaccines that are made with live viruses. Um, the vaccines which are not made with live viruses are usually the ones which are okay in pregnancy. Uh, so for example, certain vaccines, for example, the MMR is not recommended in pregnancy um, because there is live attenuated virus there. Um, and there have been some reports of issues during pregnancy, although even, even that is rare. Um, but other vaccines, like for example, um, the uh, flu vaccine, which is not made with the, the live virus, is, is okay to get, um, as well as, as the COVID-19 vaccines uh, is also, also okay to get. Um, do you guys want to kind of go over? Yeah, I think you, you know, when you were initially talking about the measles, mumps, and rubella, and varicella, chickenpox causing, uh, uh, birth defects with babies and, and, and patients being very cautious about getting, uh, you know, contracting that during pregnancy. Um, it is important to realize that the, the, those are actually, you know, just reiterating what you've already said, that those actually are the, the, the same vaccines that we don't want to give in pregnancies either. Either we want you to have it before pregnancy. Um, and so if you are trying to get pregnant, make sure you, you speak to your provider um, and, and check. We, we check all of our patients prior to, to getting prior to them getting pregnant just to make sure that they don't need a, a, a vaccination. And, and then also piggybacking on what you just said as well with the flu, um, you know, it is recommended that every, you know, everybody get the flu shot, but, but also pregnant patients, you know, as, as uh, Dr. Goulet said, you know, pregnant patients, they're immunosuppressed. And so they're, you know, if they get the flu, they're going to be more severely compromised. And the same with COVID, uh, you know, that, you know, the COVID is, is a vaccine that we um, definitely recommend that everyone get. Pregnant patients um, should, should especially get it because of the, the risk of COVID in pregnancy. Um, whenever a patient establishes care with me in the preconception period, I always like to bring up the, these vaccines, like we just discussed, the rubella and the varicella, because we can't give them during pregnancy. But there are other shots that if a woman is not up to date with, and even though they are safe in pregnancy, I know that many individuals may be anxious about getting their shots updated during pregnancy. And while there are certain shots that are absolutely recommended in pregnancy, the flu shot, for example, because we update that shot every year and it changes every year. So just because you had one three years ago doesn't mean you're good. You got to get one again every fall 
and the tetanus and pertussis vaccine as well. Even though you're still up to date with your with your tetanus shot, the pertussis component in it really that immunity really only lasts a year, and so in each pregnancy we do recommend updating <coughs> that Tdap in the third trimester so that your baby will be born with antibodies to protect. Um, your baby. But outside of those, if you know that you're not up to date with your COVID vaccines or with your um, meningitis vaccines, for example, and you're worried about getting those in pregnancy, even though they're safe in pregnancy, um, you can always think about getting them done in the preconception period so you can cross that off of your list and not have to worry about making that decision once you're pregnant. So. Um, so just to kind of reiterate um, the recommendations, so what ACOG specifically recommends um, is that women who are will be pregnant during flu season, they should receive their flu vaccine. Um, and then all pregnant women should receive their Tdap vaccine between 27 to 36 weeks gestation. That's a tetanus pertussis vaccine. Um, and then there are other, other vaccines that are indicated in pregnancy in certain populations. Um, so the pneumococcal vaccine, um, meningitis vaccine, Hep A, um, and, you know, Hep B. So these are the vaccines which are not necessarily recommended for the entire general population, but in certain immunosuppressed populations, certain patients with liver disease, um, history of drug use or chronic liver disease, some of these vaccines are recommended. In pregnancy as well. Uh, and then pregnant patients should always have their vaccination status reviewed at the initial B exam or prior to conception, which is what Dr. Goulet uh, remembers to do at her initial visits. <laughs> we, we, should be, we should all be doing. Uh, and then again, there are those vaccines which are contraindicated in pregnancy. Uh, the MMR vaccine, varicella vaccine, uh, and um, the HPV vaccine, but these can be given postpartum and while breastfeeding as well. And of course, prior to pregnancy, that's really the, the best time to, to get those vaccines would be prior to getting pregnant so that you have that protection uh, during pregnancy and after. Um, do you guys wanna go over the COVID vaccine recommendations and why that's important? Dr. Fratarelli. Sure. Um, you know, as, as I said before, it is recommended that, you know, that all patients who are attempting to get pregnant or who are pregnant um, get the COVID vaccine and get the booster um, as well. Um, so we do have a lot, of, a lot of calls from patients who have received the vaccine and not received the booster and, and ask if they should still get the, get the booster. And the answer is always yes, um, they should. The... Um, uh, the mRNA and, and the, um, the Novavax vaccine are the, the two that are preferred over J&J &J, uh, for, you know, uh, for pregnant patients and especially patients, uh, patients who may be lactating. Um, but, but it certainly is, is, is advised that everyone get these, uh, get these vaccines. You have, they have seen in studies that um, the, uh, after, after delivery, um, the uh, IgG antibodies uh, do uh, pass from the maternal uh, from the maternal vaccination are seen and are passed to the fetus. Um, however, not really sure if that if that is protective 
uh, for the fetus at this point. Um, those studies are still ongoing, but you would assume that probably it's it's better to have those 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 uh, antibodies than not. So you would assume there's some, at least some protection um, for 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 the fetuses. Um, and it also is important to realize that that the it's not as far as I'm aware right now, the, the youngest age that you can receive a vaccine is, is six months. I don't think that's changed recently. I know that, that the information for the vaccines are constantly, uh, you know, constantly morphing, but I think that's the, the, current, the current recommendation is uh, six months or older. I think there is some new news regarding the COVID vaccine that's due to come out uh, either late this week or early next week. So after Labor Day weekend, we may hear that a new booster shot with uh, specific for the Omicron variants of COVID-19 uh, may be available. As I understand, the FDA is due to review the data for those boosters at the end of this week, and they're anticipating perhaps making that available to the public as early as right after Labor Day weekend. Um, right now, all of the recommendations from the CDC, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, and the American Society for Reproductive Medicine does endorse getting the booster in pregnancy. And so we're particular i'm particularly excited about this omicron booster because COVID 19 unfortunately has not gone away continues to circulate because it has morphed and evolved and is uh, now evading immunity uh, from our initial vaccine series and so we're hoping this new booster will be much more targeted for the current strains that are circulating um and you know COVID does make pregnant women sicker than, um, than the general population. So pregnant women are more likely to develop severe disease, they're more likely to be admitted to the ICU, require mechanical ventilation, they're more likely to die from COVID compared to non-pregnant patients. Um, and there is also risk for preterm delivery, risk for uh, stillbirth with COVID. So the vaccine presumably will prevent that as well. Um, Contrary to you know, some uh, prior concerns that have been voiced by certain populations, none of the COVID vaccines have been shown to um, cause infertility or cause miscarriage or anything like that. Um, and from the data that we do have, uh, the vaccines appear to be safe in pregnancy and certainly uh, much safer than uh, COVID, that, that's, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, there's still ongoing safety monitoring through, through governmental and non-governmental programs about COVID-19 and, and pregnancy. Um, but again, all of the, just like Dr. Goulet said, all of the organizations that look at this are recommending uh, the vaccine and boosters during pregnancy. Question no. I frequently, oh, I'm sorry. Did you go? I was going to say, I, I think it's, you know, important for everyone to just hear again and realize that vaccines don't prevent you from getting sick, right? Um, they can, and, and a, large, a, lot, a lot of times they do, but what they really do is they decrease the severity of the sickness you may have. Um, when you look at the people who are hospitalized with COVID, um, almost all of them are unvaccinated. Uh, you know, it's the unvaccinated population that is getting the most severe, you know, illnesses and getting intubated um, and, and dying. 
um, the the people who are vaccinated or um, in some way or another uh, are still getting COVID, but having it as a very mild disease. Yeah. A common question I get from my patients are about the side effects of the vaccine when they get it um, and concern that the vaccine may give them a fever. And they've heard that, you know, during pregnancy, a fever is not a good thing. The most common side effects from most vaccines tend to be redness, irritation, swelling around the vaccine site, some discomfort or a sore arm. Uh, the COVID-19 uh, vaccines, and sometimes the flu vaccine has also been associated with a mild fever. Um, generally, it is safe to take Tylenol in pregnancy to reduce that fever and to help you uh, keep that temperature down if you do develop a fever after the, the immunizations. Um, there are also, you know, sometimes questions of um, are there times during my cycle where I shouldn't get the vaccine? You know, if you're around the time of transfer, around the time of egg retrieval and things like that. Um, I mean, the quick answer is that there really isn't any specific recommendation about that of, you know, that you cannot get the vaccine at any, any of those particular times. I would certainly prefer patients to get the vaccine as soon as possible. I'd, I'd prefer them to get it prior to egg retrieval or prior to transfer. Um, and especially because I don't want patients to have fevers, for example, around the time of egg retrieval, and then there's some confusion about whether they're getting an infection from my egg retrieval or, you know, are they getting an infection or, or is it just from the vaccine? So I, I would prefer them to, to kind of get the vaccine uh, beforehand. But if that didn't happen, then I think just getting the vaccines as soon as, um, you know, you can get an appointment <laughs> is really what makes the most sense. And the good news is that most of these vaccines are free. Um, the COVID-19 vaccines uh, at this point are free and available to the public. Um, and insurance generally covers all of the rest of the vaccines that are available. Um, I wanted to bring up cocooning um, and protecting your baby by making sure that caregivers to your baby um, are also vaccinated because uh, ideally, we would like your your child to be completely immunized before they are introduced into the outside world. Um, most babies, they get some shots when they are born, but the rest of those shots uh, generally come several months after they are born. And so they are particularly vulnerable and susceptible to infection in their first few weeks and months of life. Uh, Anybody who will be coming into close contact with the baby, whether that be nannies, babysitters, um, adults, older siblings, aunties, grandparents, uh, a lot of their shots should be updated as well prior to contact with the baby. And this includes not just the COVID vaccines and the flu vaccines, but also that tetanus pertussis vaccine that uh, we had mentioned before. Those are all recommended to be updated if they're going to be interacting with your newborn baby. Yeah, so I think overall um, vaccines are good <laughs> and you guys should get them. There are some questions that we had. Um, are vaccines still effective when we are taking immunosuppressive drugs during IVF cycles, such as the corticosteroids? Um, that's kind of the dexamethasone that we give um, with egg retrieval, medrol with transfer. 
Um, and the answer to that is uh, it, it's probably fine because you're not really, um, for that short time period, you're not really being overly immune suppressed. Um, it's really those patients who are on kind of chronic steroids um, or, you know, are immune suppressed for other reasons who may experience uh, decreased um, effectiveness of these vaccines. Um, let me get another question. Uh, oh, I answered that one already. Is there any time during an IVF cycle when someone should not get the COVID vaccine or booster? I had said, you know, that um, I prefer patients to get it as soon as possible. Um, and I prefer them not to get it around the time of a procedure where, you know, there's going to be a concern about why they're having a fever. Um, but that, that's not, you know, there really isn't a particular guideline about that. Um, other, other stuff to discuss? I think you, you, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but just, but just uh, you know, to highlight it a little bit, you know, for fertility purposes, there's really no effect that these vaccines have on men you know, with semen parameters, um, with women and their ovarian reserve or, or um, ability to get pregnant. Um, the, the really the only damage that's caused is getting COVID when you're not vaccinated. And that's, that's you know, it can be catastrophic for people. Um, but, but the vaccines really have no effect on the, on the people's fertility in a negative way. Um, I, I wanted to bring up, because I feel like I still encounter this on occasion, concerns about thimerosal in some of the vaccines. Uh, many years ago, there was a study that came out regarding a specific preservative may be associated with an increased rate of autism. And that study has since been discounted. So there is not a link. Um, and that, that, that study has been, that paper has even been withdrawn from the scientific literature because they've debunked that. Um, and and the fallout of that, though, is that thimerosal has been removed from uh, the manufacturing process of multi-dose vaccines that are available. So we don't see it anymore in the vaccines regardless. So individuals don't need to worry about exposing their child to thimerosal or any sort of agent that may increase the risk of autism with their vaccines. Um, well, I think we kind of covered everything that we wanted to. Um, Dr. Frederelli, was there anything else you wanted to bring up? No, I think I, th I was going to say something based on what, what uh, Dr. Carmone just said about, about autism um, and, and vaccines. Um, do, who did I say? Dr. Goulet, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as a father of a, of a child with autism, you know, certainly I am always looking for what can cause this and what's associated with it. Um, the, the reality is there's a difference between association and, and causality, right? Um, autism has been around for 100 years, but it really has only been in the mainstream and, you know, out there in the last, you know, 30 or 40 years, really in the last 20 years, you know, has, has picked up a lot of steam. And, and what else has been around for 40 years, 30 to 40 years? The internet, right? Um, and we don't say the internet's 
causing autism. Uh, and but it's but again the timeline is is similar. So you have to be, so there's an association with it, but it's but it's asinine to say the internet's causing it. Uh, and so you have to be careful when you look at association and causation. Um, and and unfortunately, there, we haven't found what causes autism yet. Um, but certainly, there's a lot of research, uh, you know, ongoing looking at it. Uh, but it's it certainly uh, there's no evidence to support that um, vaccines are are a cause at all. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's an issue in kind of all the scientific fields, and and even for um, for us and and true scientists and experts in the field, there is still a lot of confusion between causation and and correlation. Causation meaning that. Uh, one thing causes another, and correlation simply meaning that these things are happening at the same time, but that one is not necessarily causing the the, the other. Um, there was a few years ago kind of a parody, a joke paper in the New England Journal of Medicine um, linking uh, chocolate consumption with uh, Nobel Prize uh, awards. And so um, it so happens that most Nobel Prize winners um, are in those sort of northern European countries like, uh, you know, whatever, Sweden, Switzerland, Norway, I mean, those kind of places. Um, and uh, it so happens that those are also the largest consumers of chocolate as they sort of make a lot of chocolate. And so this paper went on to say that chocolate consumption, and they kind of made all these graphs and showed that you know, the more chocolate you eat, and they're very accurate, you know, they're real, so the more chocolate you eat, the more likely you are to win a Nobel Prize. Um, and so the conclusion of the paper was that um, if you eat a lot of chocolate, you're more likely to then go on to win a Nobel Prize. Um, and I think that that's- I would, I would ask you this question then, where is my Nobel Prize? <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly, yeah. But that, I thought that that was, uh, that was super fun. And actually that paper, which was meant as a joke and a parody, unfortunately, is sort of circulated online among people who don't know that it's a joke, by the way, and, you know, sort of comment on it and um, say all these, you know, some of them were angry and saying, this is ridiculous. I eat so much chocolate and that doesn't mean anything, you know, whatever. These people are going to get diabetes. I mean, you know, and it's a joke paper. Anyway. <laughs> Well, but but and as and as providers, we we uh, we do we are aware of people's people. Everyone online look, looks for a cause for something, right? So you, we are aware that you have to be careful with something, an association, and and saying it's a cause. And and going back to what you were saying before, you prefer that someone not have a fever around the time of your egg retrieval, um, or transfer, for instance, because reality is. Um, about half of the time that you do a transfer, someone's gonna get pregnant. And, but the other half, they're not. And when they don't, they look for anything that might be causative. And a fever is something that sticks out in their mind. They're gonna say, oh, that's causing it because that may have caused it. Uh, and, you know, likewise, there are a lot of other things that people are, you know, can say will cause the, the lack of success. And so we certainly try to limit those those factors as much as possible by, by trying to prevent people from having fever or other things around that time of, of, of implantation. Yeah, I think um, I, we all agree with that. Um, so I'm glad that you guys were able to join us. Um, what was the what was our bottom line on, on, on vaccines? I think it was we're, we're pro, I guess, pro vaccine. 
We're pro-vaccines, um, and we also encourage patients to discuss with their healthcare providers, fertility doctors, whoever, um, discuss kind of vaccines that may be necessary prior to pregnancy. Again, because there are some vaccines that are not safe in pregnancy, um, and so kind of getting those vaccines ahead of time are, are great. So just kind of talking to your provider about it um, as soon as you can, I, I think, is, is really the bottom line. Yeah, so we want everybody to be as healthy as possible and happy as possible during their pregnancy and have a, as, you know, as positive an outcome as possible. Perfect. So this is a uh, Ask the Docs, a Fertility Institute of Hawaii live stream. If you have any additional questions, please leave us a comment below um, and we hope you will join us again next time. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. Aloha.